To another episode of the Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing podcast. I am your host, and I am Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing. All right, guys, it's another winners edition of the Five Foot Nothing podcast. But I don't know that it feels like we won. Uh, we are two and zero, but there are a lot of things that I need to talk about. <laughs> I mean. I knew having a podcast would be fun. Uh, I didn't know it would be so stressful. I mean, well, being an ordinary fan is stressful. But having to put whatever is in my head into words for you guys to listen to, uh, <laughs> this, is, this is different. So, and I'm going to cover it, man. Uh, we're going to talk about the defense. We're going to talk about the offense. We're going to talk about the quarterbacks. Um we got to figure out what is going to happen going forward. I'm going to talk about whatever in the ever-loving hell the Peacock broadcast was. We're going to do it. So, we're going to cover a lot of things. I might get excited. and That's just part of the deal. I'm, I'm short. I'm mostly Italian. I'm from New Jersey. I'm going to get a little excited. That's just how it goes. So, let's let's go. You know the deal. Watch me for the changes and try to keep up. All right, so there are so many different ways I can start this thing. But I'm going to start with the poll that I put out. Because it was a it was a legitimate question because of what we know Notre Dame to be. Too often, okay? I asked a very simple question. After two games, is this A, typical Notre Dame football playing down to their competition and keeping teams that are far lesser than us in the game because that we just have this innate ability to do so? Or B, Notre Dame has real issues that we need to get corrected and the, the light at the end of the tunnel is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And 74% of you agreed with where I'm going to go with this. We have real issues. We have legitimate issues happening right now. Um, I'm surprised 26% felt like this is typical Notre Dame football playing down to the competition. The, the problem with that idea is just, I mean, all the uh, seasons you can allude to that you could say point in that direction like 2012 going that far back not that it's that far but I mean the Brian Kelly era last 12 years that's 2012 was that 
Our defense was phenomenal, and you felt like, oh, our defense is going to keep us around. The offense showed some potential in certain spaces, but it was just like, man, we're just we're we're playing at the same level. We're playing up to certain teams and down to certain teams, and obviously Alabama steamrolled us. That's a whole other thing. But look at 2018. We were playing down to say Ball State and Vandy, but it was pretty obvious to everybody in the world, including the Notre Dame coaching staff, that the issue in 2018 was Brandon Wimbush and Brandon Wimbush and Brandon Wimbush. Once you put Ian Book in, all of a sudden, we've got a college football playoff team. You know, this year, <sighs> there's nothing I can point to that you're like, oh, well, that we're just missing that. Or, you know, it's just... It just isn't, you know. The The only thing I can point to, and it's sad, that after two games I'm saying the same garbage. And I, it is garbage what I'm about to say. I know it is. It's a, <laughs> we're, This isn't Notre Dame. Like, what I'm about to say, this is not how Notre Dame should be viewing themselves, how I should be viewing them. But I don't know what else to say to even make it seem good. So here it is. Yes, Notre Dame didn't look great against Toledo after not looking good against Florida State. But look at Ohio State. Look at Texas. Look at A&M. Look at, I mean, just go down your list. Look at how all those teams looked. So it's not so bad. You know, all these other teams are struggling, right? How bad could it be? Well, you know what? I don't give a flying shit what the other teams look like. I really don't. I mean, it's nice to say. It's wonderful to say because it makes you feel good, right? Like, well, <laughs> hey, we suck, but so do they. <laughs> there you go. No, I, I don't care about that shit. I don't. We Notre Dame needs to work on Notre Dame. I don't, and I'm saying this as a fan. I like to think that the coaching staff and the players aren't thinking along this line, but I keep seeing it on Twitter. Well, look, look at how UT got run out of the building by Arkansas. Ohio State looked like crap two weeks in a row. And if, you know, the Minnesota running back doesn't get hurt, Ohio State might lose two games already. And, that, and I'm like, who cares? How did, I'm just, I'm curious to know. I need to know how in the world that has anything to do with Notre Dame football and us correcting the mistakes that we've shown to have through two weeks of football, what the hell does it matter what A&M does against Colorado or Ohio State does against Oregon, who, by the way, Oregon's not a pushover. So the fact that Ohio State lost to Oregon, okay, great. Ohio State lost, but Oregon's not fucking Toledo, all right? They're in the same state. That's about as or no. Ohio State and Toledo are in the same state. That's about as far as it goes in terms of trying to compare Ohio State and Notre Dame and Toledo and Oregon. It's, there's nothing to compare. And, you know, uh, University of Texas and Arkansas crap. I mean, I'm in Texas. Uh, cool. Texas is not back. Will never be back. They are a figment of their own imagination, and they're just showing that they're re- they're prepared. They're buckled in. You know, their shoes are tied tight. Chin straps are buckled. They're ready to be just a middling SEC team. They are fully prepared for that, because the fact they were 15th in the country was a joke. In preseason. Preseason, weeks one through three or four rankings are just absolute nonsense. They're pointless. Arkansas doesn't deserve to be ranked. Texas didn't deserve to be ranked. Notre Dame should not still be 12. 
I mean, it's... But the fact that we're pointing to other teams' issues to justify ours is a, is a joke. That's it's chicken shit. We don't. No, I don't want to see that crap. It's fun to say. Uh, I'll be sarcastic about it. It's fun to say and joke about. But in all sense, in all seriousness, and all sincerity, it's it's not a good thing to have to say or be able to say. You know. Then you look at fucking Florida State just lost to Jacksonville State on the saddest coverage of a final play I I you'd see you expect to see that in like high school like how do you even let that happen but hey whatever it happened and uh yeah that t- team took us to overtime that team took us to overtime guys and I'll be honest guilty as charged hand hand to god I thought Florida State was just a better team than they Showed yes two days ago whatever it's Monday night so Saturday I was shocked I did not think that I thought Florida State was a, a decent team I thought they had started to get some things going sooner than I expected I said it a hundred times I thought they were going to be a, a tough out as the season went on and uh, wow I was wrong it turns out Notre Dame is not good right now but yeah we're two and zero so what like I shouldn't say it like that two and zero. It's way better than the alternative. Let's be realistic. We are an overtime uh, game away and a quarterback not taking a knee and running out the clock from being 0-2. Like, you know, but at the same time, you know, we think back to 2012, not 18, but 12. Um, I was reading something about how the, you know, there's some, trying to make comparisons to the team, how we we struggled and so on and so forth. But uh, that 2012 team was a lot closer to being like 4-8 and than we were to ever beating Alabama. And that's the reality of the situation. You know, so let's look at the 2021 Notre Dame football team. Okay? Let's... Let's talk about this game. And we're going to talk about the game, offense, defense, and then I'm going to get on my rant about the Peacock. That's going to be a fun one. And then I'm going to close by previewing uh, Purdue a little bit. See what we can expect for our third game of anxiety-filled Notre Dame football for the 2021 season. All right, I'm going to start this Toledo game, which we won 32-29. to and if you're listening and you didn't get to watch it because of the Peacock situation, uh, I, I'm i sorry. You know, uh, it, you didn't miss anything. It's, we, we stress, we, our team stressed us the ever loving, just every level of stress you could dream of. You know, a, a buddy of mine, friend of the show, uh, shout out to Ben Belden. I was on his podcast under the dome um, to kind of preview this. And uh, on his podcast, he was actually at the game. He said his Apple Watch gave him a notification that his heart rate was too high and he needed to calm down. That's what Toledo did to us. How is, I would never guess that in a million years. So, and uh, also thank you, uh, Jimmy Gallagher, for 
saving me purchasing the peacock. I was about to do it, but um, you know he he's a good guy and listens to my show. And he reached out and asked me if I was interested in being a part of his little network for the Peacock. And I was able to stream the game, watch the game. And uh, I appreciate him for that. So, you know, my, I, I, I want to talk about this game, but I don't. It's funny. So I'll just start with the defense. Let's do it. Okay. Um, I actually took notes because I needed to process this. I wanted to do this last night. It was never going to happen. I was still like, I, I wouldn't be able to talk about it <laughs> clearly. I'm still not doing it. I know this. I can hear myself. But I had to write stuff down and just you know get make sense of it. But for defense, I don't understand. I don't understand how Marcus Freeman could go from what he's been doing in a recruiting aspect, what he's brought to Notre Dame, the excitement, all of that, the Freeman factor, all of that stuff, how he brings all of that in and then just completely falls flat on his goddamn face two games in a row against clearly lesser competition. I mean, Florida State, who knows? Yeah, they got athletes. Yeah, they're in the Power 5 Conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They lost to Jacksonville State. I don't want to hear it. Toledo, I don't care how good they're going to be in the MAC. Like, I, I don't. The fact of the matter, it's a fucking MAC school and it's Toledo. They they shouldn't be running with us. And yet, they are. And there are so many things that just don't make sense to me. Number one, we're still committed to this 3-3-5 bullshit. I'm sorry, I don't like the, I don't like that formation. I don't like that defensive setup we don't have five dbs that are worth a shit to be on the field last week it was uh dj brown getting uh juked out of his jock it was houston griffith getting burned who was it this week kj wallace taking an angle that i don't think i've seen a middle schooler take to catch a guy on a wheel route third play of the game he he chose. K.J. Wallace was like, you know what? I'm going to run to where this guy is, not where he's going, and then just follow him up the side. What on? What are you doing, man? So Marcus Freeman continues to show me in two games. I'm acting like he's. it's been two games, and I'm using the word continues to show me. That's not a good sign. But he's showing me that he's putting guys in places that don't know how to make the play and play the position. It, it doesn't make sense. I don't understand it aggressiveness isn't always the best. Yeah, it looks nice, but if you're going to be aggressive, you you got to make the play. And if you're going to be a, aggressive, maybe get pressure when we need pressure. There, there were still things that just didn't make sense. Part of that is because we got three down linemen. I went over it last week. We need all four on the field. We do. And our, our three are good, yeah, but when you get five offensive linemen, it, it's a numbers game. Put four out there. I think our four can take their five. I don't know if our three can take their five, and that's a problem. And you, you look at all this aggressiveness. Oh, it's fantastic, right? Yeah, wonderful. We've given up more 60-plus yard plays in two games than Clark Lee did in three years. I'm going to say that again. I, I'm sure some of you have seen it. This Marcus Freeman defense 
has given up more 60-yard plays in two games than Clark Lee did in three years. We've given up four plays of 60-plus yards in two games. Two a game. Clark Lee gave up three in three years. Let that sink in for a minute. Uh, that's, that's not what we're used to. We, we thought for sure, I know I did, and I'm sure you guys listening out there, who I appreciate, thank you for tuning in. You probably had very much confidence, a great deal of confidence in the defense. I mean, we're bringing back a strong front seven. I know we lost some linebackers, but we're bringing back a strong front seven. We got Kyle Hamilton, and we're bringing this Marcus Freeman guy who made Cincinnati's defense relevant and good and so on and so forth and accolades and credentials and da 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 We've given up too many points to teams that are not that good. I mean, it, it's you can't argue it. It can't be argued. We gave up 29 goddamn points to fucking Toledo. We gave up... Uh, I'm drawing it. Why am I drawing it? 38 points to Florida State, who I, I'm trying to remember the exact. I think it was, was it 2017? I'm trying to remember the the final of the Jacksonville State Florida State game. Point being is, Florida State scored less points against Jacksonville State than they did Notre Dame. And I don't care that it was Bobby Bowden Day and they were all hyped and amped and that probably played a role and it was prime time, it was Labor Day, all that nonsense, right? I get it. But facts are facts, stats are stats. Jacksonville State played a better game against Florida State than we did defensively. And that makes no sense to me. Like, it's never going to. It's never going to make sense. But why is the one spot that we were supposed to be good just not? (laughs) Like, we got to be better. It has to get better, right? And I'm saying that in two different ways. Like, one, it has to get better because there's no way there's this much disconnect between the hype and the failure, right? So it's got to get better. But also it has to get better because there's no other way to go. You can't go – you can't get worse. You can't get worse with scraping by Florida State. You can't get worse with scraping by this Toledo team that is is a Mac school, man. Like – we should have been dominating them. And yet we're we're putting guys out there that just can't make the plays. I don't get it. And then, you know, when then we, we kind of do make a play, we got the ridiculous replay booth working against us. The Hamilton pick, you guys can say what you want. I know you're on my side if you're listening as a Notre Dame fan. If you're not listening as a Notre Dame fan, um, you'd probably still agree with me. Kyle Hamilton intercepted that ball. And I say that because it was called an interception on the field. Then the replay shows up. And there's this word that they want to use over and over and over again. And that word is indisputable. Okay. In order to overturn a ruling on the field, it has to be indisputable. Apparently, that word has lost all meaning across all uh, parts of football. NFL, college, 
every time I watch it, that word just lost all translation. Like, indisputable. You can't be like, well, maybe, eh, I think it might have touched the ground. There's a good chance it touched the ground. Well, then, no, you can't overturn the call in the field. Having said that, if they ruled it incomplete, you'd have to stay it's incomplete. I, I don't understand, you know, like, we're... We're, we're finally, we make a play and then uh, indisputable is in, not indisputable. It's disputed. So I, I don't know. It's, that's garbage. But the defense has to get better. We need to stop thinking that we have a secondary outside of Kyle Hamilton that can make plays. And even Kyle Hamilton missed the damn tackle. I mean, nobody's playing good defensively. There's, there's no excuse for it. There really isn't. We've, got the guys on the field to do this I don't understand I just that's the message for my defense I don't understand what you are doing and Marcus Freeman better get it figured out stop putting five DBs on the field when is the worst part of our defense I don't understand how and they consistently prove that they shouldn't be out there and yet there they are Meanwhile, we have, I didn't even pay attention to the alignments, but like you either put Heinish on the bench unnecessarily or you're putting Amulola on the bench unnecessarily or Foskey or MTA or some people that shouldn't be on the bench are on the bench. Uh, and, and that's the other part of it. Our, our two deep at defensive end and defensive tackle is more than worthy of being on the field. So rotate them. Don't give the starters a playoff and put nobody in their place. That uh, I'm not a uh, I'm not a coach. I never coached football. I played football, but never coached football. So I don't know what the mentality is. It doesn't make sense to me, and it needs to get better. It's that simple. Because when we're we're going to the half down two to Toledo. That's not okay. And then you get Corey Robinson. Hey, the good news for Notre Dame is they're only down two. The good news is we're only down two. That's not good or news. That that should not... That shouldn't be what you're saying when you're playing Toledo. You shouldn't be saying, oh, hey, hey, good news, guys. Good news, we're only down two. That's something you say when, I don't know, you're playing, oh, I don't know, Alabama... Clemson, you know, some of these, Georgia, some of these really, like, really good teams, legitimate teams. Then you can make those comments like, oh, man, good news, we're only down two. Not fucking Toledo. I don't want to hear that crap. Just like where I'm not going to point to everyone else's failures to justify our failures. No, screw that. It's not okay that we were just down two to Toledo, and it's not okay that we're playing miserably. It's not okay. So, defense can't stop anybody. Aggressiveness, failing miserably. Can't tackle, still. Take to horrible angles. Just look very confused. So what is our offense doing? Well, if you go by the first drive, you look amazing. Sense of urgency, 
coming out, firing the ball, making things happen. All right. Like, we're going to gonna roll this team. And then played like trash for a very, 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 very long time. Played like absolute garbage. Can't block anybody. The tackles are... If we can't stop Toledo... If we can't stop Toledo and their defensive line, I I am really concerned about Wisconsin. I'm probably more concerned than I ever was about a team like Cincinnati. I know I've, I've said it before, Marty. I'm not worried about Cincinnati, but uh, I have to be now. Notre Dame has made me have to be Worried about Cincinnati. And USC, who just fired their coach. That's a shame, by the way. Side note, that's, a, that's too bad. Clay Helton was just the perfect mix of good, not great, good enough to not get fired, but never going to beat anybody of consequence. He had a good little thing going. Hopefully the team isn't motivated and they continue to play like crap. They struggled against San Jose State. They got run out of the building by Stanford, who we play, by the way. So we'll see. Last game of the season in at Palo Alto. But uh, then UNC. I, I still... I, I'll, I won't survive if we lose to North Carolina. But all those are big games at, at Virginia Tech. All those games all of a sudden have become a little bit more worrisome. It's... I mean, there's no way around it. That's just fact. Notre Dame has put us in this position. We don't have a choice. We have to be worried. Because if we cannot block Toledo, who is, again, I will keep saying it, a Mac school mid-American conference team. If we can't block them with their very middle of the... I don't even know the details because I didn't look it up because who cares? It's Toledo, but... Don't know where they're ranked in recruiting, but I I assure you it's nowhere near Wisconsin or even Cincinnati, who's like top 40-ish, or USC or North Carolina or Virginia Tech. So that's a problem. That is a problem. Can't block anybody. And what doesn't help that is not only do we struggle blocking people, our starting quarterback, um, I think I said it last week, I know I've said it multiple times to people. I don't know if I, you guys have heard me say it, but our starting quarterback is, uh, he's got to be a Manning brother just in his past life because they're the only group of people I've ever seen voluntarily take sacks and crumble and get into the fetal position. Uh, the good news is he's never going to get hurt. He's never going to get hurt because he won't get hit. He As soon as there's any thing down, take the sack. Voluntarily taking sacks. Are you shitting me? So now we got an offensive line that can't block. We got a cement shoes quarterback who's choosing sacks over all the other alternatives. That's that's a special kind of thing. And I'm not trying to bash Jack Hone here. I'm really not. That's the one spot that frustrates me. The rest of it isn't his fault. Like it's not his fault. He can make throws. He didn't have the horrible statistical game, but. When you don't have anybody that can block for you, it's really, 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 really hard. Football is hard if you don't have an offensive line that can stop anybody. 
Those are facts. Football is the ultimate team sport. I don't care who your quarterback is, but if there's no, I don't care. Mike Vick, Cam Newton. Ultimately, if they don't have anybody blocking, it really doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't. If you don't have blockers, who cares? Who cares where your quarterback is? He's going to be on his ass half the game. And that was, that's what it was. You know, so, and you, you watch things, and it's like, we should be able to use a guy like Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree to set up the pass to guys like Mayer and Austin and Lindsey. But, two things. One, if you can't block, how are you going to run the damn ball? And secondarily, we're running plays that are supposed to provide the threat of run from our quarterback. Are you kidding me? Are you, are you kidding me? You don't have to... If Jack Cohn, if number 17 is under center, and they're going to run some RPO thing, you're not even... You're not even worried about Jack Cohn. Like, that's not even a thing. Because he's not running. So, a lot of good that does. Because, funnily enough, you bring in uh, Tyler Buckner, and what happened? Kyron Williams ran for 43 yards because Tyler Buckner's threat of the run had Toledo. It's, it's sad we had to like, do this against Toledo. That it just, it's mind-boggling. But anyway... The threat of him running put their defense in a predicament that allowed Kyron Williams to have space. If it's Jack Cohn, Kyron Williams is not getting there because you're just going to key on Kyron. You're not even going to look at the quarterback. But you have to with Tyler Buckner, which begs the question, how much more time should he get? We're going to get there. But I want to talk about the running. And the, the other thing was, you know, the one thing Cohn seemed to be doing in against Florida State and in most of the game against Toledo. His decisions were pretty good. That pick six, that pick six was awful. Everything about it was bad. Um, it was late. It was behind the receiver. The DB was there the whole time. Uh, I know Mayer's good, but like, that was, that was not a good pass, man. You can't be doing that, especially in your own end. As soon as he caught it, like, everybody in the, world knew that was a pick six there was no way anybody was it was done but the one thing that really just irks me is I said it our offensive line I said our offensive line has history of being good we've got good recruits that's the other thing we've got like four star dudes coming in for four star dudes and you'd think we'd be okay I know I know there's a transition I get it. We lost four guys. I get it. And there's a transition. But I said, I'm going to have confidence in the offensive line until they prove me otherwise. Well, they're proving me otherwise. And it's frustrating. Because Norfolk State ran better against Toledo than we did. Norfolk State. Obviously, they're in Norfolk. I don't even know what their mascot is. I don't even... I have no idea. But you know what I do know? They ran for more yards and better yards per carry than we did. How? How is a team like... I, I don't even know. Are they, I guess Norfolk State's at, it's FCS. I know that much. But I, are they are they good? I don't know. 
I just know that they ran for more yards and more yards per carry than Notre Dame did against the same team. And you, well, you can say, well, how many carries? Norfolk State had 42 carries. Notre Dame had 39. There was a three-carry difference in the entire game. And Norfolk had more yards and more yards per carry. We, we Our best offensive lines, the Joe Moore Award offensive line guys, they ran like dog shit against the real competition. I mean, we have to be honest about that. In, in, in totality, they were really good. But honestly, when it came down to it, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, were, they were under three yards of carry, closer, basically two yards of carry. Um, so now we have a team that can't even run for shit against Toledo, and now they have to go play Wisconsin? I, I got one more week to hold on to my 11-1 pick, guys. I got one more week because after that, I, I, we need to – and I'll, I'll talk about it. What we need to, what I want to see, and what I think we should be seeing, but we need to see something, man. We need to see something, and it's just like you look. Our opening drive and our last drive, we were playing with pace, a sense of urgency, because you come out of the gate, first drive, let's boom, 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 let's let's put it on them. Then the last drive, we had no fucking choice. You had to play with a sense of urgency. The game was ending and we were losing. You had no choice. You had to play like that. But fuck, it's working. That's what. Why do we go away from the shit that works? I don't understand. Are we trying to fulfill? Is there like a a box we have to check to make sure? Oh, we did that once. We did that once. We did that once. Oh, hey, guys, guys. Hey, I <laughs> time out. Hey, that's working. But check it out. This this little run we haven't done yet. I need, I need to make sure we're playing fucking bingo in the press box. What are we doing? We got to make sure we have all the boxes checked. Who gives a fuck? Throw it. However many times you need to throw it to win the game. Run, Buckner, whatever. You need win the game. Play to win the game. Don't play to fit some sort of satisfaction with your within your organization. I don't get it. I don't understand. Fast pace was beating them. Why stop? Why Play conservative. Why? Like I said it how many times last week, guys? Play to win the game. Not Notre Dame. No sir. No three Bob. We we play to look good in certain points, or is it we come out of the game and it's scripted, so we look fantastic, and then we the rest of it's situational, and we don't know what the hell we're doing. Doesn't we can't run the ball, so that doesn't matter. Third and one, second and one, whatever. Just. We can't move. We can't move the Toledo uh, defensive line a yard. That's embarrassing. That's a problem. And I don't know what we're gonna do. But what I do know is when Tyler Buckner came in, all of a sudden we had fireworks. We had exciting things. As I mentioned, he set up that Kyron run because they were doing you know like a a read option, and Buckner pulled it. Got I don't know the specifics, but. Pulls it, gets like six, seven yards. Pulls it, gets a first down. Pulls it, gets a first down. Gives it to Kyron Williams, gone. Why? Because they knew Buckner could run and get something out of it, so they had to key on him and make sure, see what he was going to do. It actually, it made it a legitimate read option. It made it a legitimate RPO that Cone just doesn't bring to the table. 
And sorry, but if you got an offensive line that is a turnstile and you have a quarterback that can't run, I feel like maybe the quarterback that can run gives you a better option. And I I think he's the better athlete. I, I, I haven't seen him really chuck a ball, but he seems like he's got a pretty good arm. He threw one pretty good one. And even the Tyree touchdown, that had nothing to do with having a good arm. That was Tyler Buckner skill set allowing that play to happen. If you remember, Tyree came in like motion, then they did a, a fake handoff, I think, to Williams and rolled Buckner out. They came up and then Buckner just dumps it right over. Tyree's wide open touchdown. That only happens with a guy like Tyler Buckner. Jack Cohn cannot run that play. That's not... He already He's already on the ground. He already got in the fetal position. He's already on the ground. Plays over. Huddle back up. So Buckner just provides something that will help our team because of what Jack Cohn can't do. I mean, I hate to say it. I do because I really had a lot of confidence in Cohn. And I, th- I, I still do. It's just for him to be successful... The O-line's got to be good, and they're just not. And if if we want to have a chance, and I hate that I'm saying this, game two. Fucking game two, I'm saying this. Uh, Buckner needs more reps. He just does, and I, I'm not a fan of ro- rotating quarterbacks. If you got two, you got none, all that kind of stuff. I get it. I, I've i said it. I, I'm in that camp. If you got two quarterbacks, you've got none. But at the same time, you... <laughs> the, you're you're being insane. You're gonna you're insane if you think you can just lead Cone back there with the Swiss cheese offensive line and think the Wisconsin cheeseheads are not gonna run through that. And you got a sitting duck for a quarterback. Sorry, Jack Cone, that's what it is. And and the only other option is just waste Lindsay's uh, deep ball speed and. Just everybody start looking for the ball five yards downfield because it's just going to be a quick trigger. That's the only way you're going to get rid of the ball with Jack Cohn. Otherwise, he's going to end up in the fetal position. It's going to look like uh, Brett Favre when Michael Strahan broke the sack record. I'm sure everybody remembers that play. Or, again, any Manning sack in the history of the Mannings. Peyton and Eli, they practiced that at home, I swear to God. Just fall down. Don't get hurt. Which is fine. But feels like now every time we drop back to pass now when, when Cone can throw the ball it's been very successful outside of the pick six which is just bad but it's it's been pretty good and just O-line's not good enough for Cone to be good so you have to do something different you can't keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. They've shown it to us. It's it's now on film, twice over. we got to do something different. And yeah, it sucks that Fisher went down, and then Carmody went down, so now you're down to Tosh Baker. Which, you, we're, I'm saying that like, oh no. But you took a, a five-star and replaced him with a four-star and replaced him with a four-star, and we suck. Like, how is that possible? So I... I don't get it. I mean, each quarterback has their own strength, obviously. And, you know, uh, 
a leadership quality about Cone and his uh, veteranism, if that's even a word. But he, he's done this. He's been there. He's mature, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, Buckner's true freshman. And Cone was super excited for Buckner. Probably because Cone's a good dude. And I I know he came here. He, he wants to win games. But it, with our offensive line, he, he he's not going to be able to get it done. He can't be the guy. So I'm... I'm just in a weird space where it's like, do I want Buckner to start and play the entire game? I don't think so because I still think there's things he's got to learn, and we are still two and zero. If we were one and one already, fuck it, just Buckner all the way because we haven't even played our tough games and we already got one loss. But we we can still work on some things, but I do think Buckner needs reps. He needs them. And we saw some Colsey and we saw some Styles. That was nice. You know, there, there's there's opportunities. The defense, I just don't understand it because we got the guys. We supposedly had the defensive coordinator, but yet he wants to put the guys that are not as good on the field versus the guys who are established and a known quantity to be good. I don't get it. I never understand it. But please, for the love of God, figure it out. Because we could have and should have lost this game if it wasn't for... 100 yards worth of penalties from Toledo and their quarterback not taking a knee. Um, that's that's the difference in this game. Because I know, you know, it looked nice. You know, three plays, 75 yards, boom, 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 no name scored. But there were back-to-back defensive penalties that accounted for like 30 yards. So, and, and a dislocated finger for Jack Cohn. And it, that was awesome, cool. He dislocated your finger, got it popped back in place. Boom, made a quick read, nice... Cone can do the not the obviously getting your finger dislocated and get it popped back in, but he can have that authority and that comfortable like ability to lead a team down a field like that. He almost did it against Florida State. That's what's crazy. He really should have two game winning drives in regulation because uh, Michael Mayer could have caught that ball against Florida State, and then he did catch the one against Toledo. Um, he's he's a beast. He just needs he needs to get the ball, and that's obvious. But uh, it was just a weird game. We're giving up 60-yard-plus plays on defense. Our offensive line can't block anybody. If it wasn't for... Like, if I if there's a Toledo podcast out there, I can't imagine what they're saying because they did everything they could have done to win the game without winning the game. They... I don't say they gave Notre Dame the game, but they gave Notre Dame the game. I don't know another way to say it or put it. They did. Notre Dame should not have won this game. And then you could argue, well, that's, you know, good teams find a way to win. But there's just, there's too many questions that we're asking ourselves after two games against not good football teams that concern me. Where it's, you know, I, it's I'm finding a really, really hard time to find the positives, I, I find it really difficult to find what's positive. Besides, it's obvious that Kyron Williams, Michael Mayer, Kevin Austin, and Brady Lindsay can play football. And Tyler Buckner looks like to be a great quarterback for the future. But, I don't know, guys. It's it's concerning. And we need to see, I, I've kind of talked about it, but not 
highlighted it in this way, but what we need to see is more Tyler Buckner. We need to see that. That's that's a given. I want to see it. Uh, not in a, you take a series, I take a series, you take a series, I take not. I don't want to see that. I want to see Buckner in there. If he plays well, keep him out there for a series or two. Let him do it. You know, just give him something. And then for uh, Cone, obviously he's going to start the game and stuff. I just think there needs to be some sort of uh, a sense of it because Buckner let us got us back in the game with a you know let us spark and then boom we put Cone right back in. Well, dude, let Buckner get back out there again. See if he can do it again. Like again, why? It doesn't make any sense. Like that worked, so let's stop doing it. That was that worked too well. Woo-hoo! That worked too well. I don't want don't to do that again. Let's go back to something else that doesn't work. I don't get it. It makes zero sense. Stop. So, so we need to see more Buckner. I want to see him actually throw the ball because it was mostly running stuff and some safe passes, which is fine. If that works, do it. Again, whatever works. I don't care what it looks like. If it works and we win football games and we look good doing it, who cares if we run 40 RPOs? Who cares if we throw it 50 times? Who cares if we, because Buckner provides a, a running element that we don't have with Cone, if we run it 50 times and only throw it 10, who cares? If it looks good and we win, do it. But if it's working, don't stop doing it. I don't understand that part of this game for Notre Dame. It's working, then we just stop. So, and defensively, I need to see four down linemen more like 95% of the game. The 3-3-5 the three, three, doesn't work. We don't have five DBs that can play the position. We just don't. Stop putting them out there. They keep fucking up. They miss tackles. They take bad angles. They get beat. It's for what? Like, are you not, are you not seeing the same thing we are? So let's get the personnel that can play the game on the field. That's what I want to see. So, on the, you know, we got Purdue next. And I'm going to preview that quickly at the end. But first, I got to go over this Peacock thing. Again, Jimmy, thank you so much. I appreciate you, man. You're, you're a good dude. But, it was awful. Didn't like it. Couldn't stand it. The, the, the litany of reasons is is lengthy. Um, number one, uh, obviously with this podcast, I'm on Twitter a lot at Five Foot Nothing Pod. You can find me there. So I'm on Twitter during the game. I had to ignore my phone till we got to a commercial break, and I'm going to discuss commercial break here in a second. But I had to ignore my phone till we got a commercial break. Why? Because You'd get guys who are in the stadium like Pete Sampson and uh, One Foot Down guys and whoever else uh, live tweeting what just happened. And like, what? Oh, okay, yeah, there it is. Two plays after you said it it happened. It was so far behind. It was was annoying. Like, I couldn't pay attention to your phone because you're going to find out what happens before it actually happens. So that was ridiculous. The The delay was awful. There's no pause or rewind feature. I'm sorry. I watched the game almost like a coach. And even when I watched the replay, more so. 
And the replay for the Peacock side uh, was a joke too. There was no, like, you tap and you move ahead like 10, 15 seconds or whatever. You know, you see it on all different apps and platforms, you know, just fast forward 10 seconds. This one, you press it and it automatically goes two times. So you got to go fast forward, pop, play, fast forward, play, fast forward, play. And you're you're probably going to be past where you want it to be. Rewind, play, rewind, play. It was stupid. I couldn't stand it. It was a joke. Poorly run. Terrible. Uh, and then the commercial breaks. Oh, those fucking commercial breaks. Man, I, I understand. It was it was Toledo. I get it. And we shouldn't have been stressing. So you probably thought, oh, we're not going to have to worry about the you know whatever commercial breaks and so on and so forth. But you get these commercial breaks and it says, coverage will resume shortly. And it was just... Complete and total silence. I had never missed commercials so much in all my life. I was like, "Give me the, give me the fucking uh, uh, tag team scoop." There it is, scoop. Give me, give me anything. I needed something. Give me the the worst uh, commercial trying to be funny. I didn't even care. I was so in my brain about Notre Dame football. I needed a distraction. And then we go to commercial, and it's dead silence. And I'm just. Like, my head's about to explode. Like, I, 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 oh my, that was awful. Then, then, and and Jimmy knows this, and you guys may have seen it, I put it on Twitter. Um, I had to watch the last two drives the next morning. I, after the game ended, we had stuff going on that night. Uh, I had to watch the last two drives the next morning because... My peacock connection, whatever, fucking went out. Yeah. Buffering, buffering, had a, a you know, power, a, a switch apps, whatever, change my source on my TV, get it back up, try to make it work. Nope. I get a message, though. Fuck you, peacock. I get a message. Everybody stay calm. Peacock isn't loading. Please try again in a bit. Everybody stay calm. Fuck you, stay calm. Get my. How about you put it on regular fucking NBC where I can pause, rewind, watch the fucking Notre Dame game like I have since I was, I don't know, five years old? I don't know what my first Notre Dame game was with my dad when they were on NBC. I'm trying to think, 1990-whatever? I mean, shit. That, that, woo. So I'm watching, uh, following on the fucking, now I gotta go to ESPN Gamecast to watch, or keep up with the fucking game. But I, I I had to do that because I'm trying to download the fucking Peacock app now on my phone so I can actually watch the fucking game. So I did see part of the final drive. I missed all, Toledo's entire drive. And then by the time I got the Peacock back up on my fucking phone, I caught a Mayer's touchdown. I didn't even, I didn't even see Jack Cohn dislocate his finger. I saw it the next morning because I wanted to see it in the sequence in which it happened. But Peacock, nope, over it, done, never again. Please don't air another football game on there. As a secondary option where they're permanently recorded and you wanted to watch it, okay, I can live with that. That's okay. But as the only option to watch the game while it's happening, go fuck off. Go take your peacock and you know where you can shove it. It's That was not fun. That was not enjoyable. Couldn't stand it. No thank you. Hard pass. The hardest of passes. Peacock was a joke. I'm sorry. For people that say they liked it, I don't know what. I I guess I just, South Texas, we're too close to Mexico or something. I don't know. We just got the shittiest internet connection. 
or maybe it's the new, the new construction that uh, is happening around me with my house. I'm on, there's three houses on our block. Maybe the, the feed is shit. I don't know. But what I do know is commercial breaks can go fuck themselves because I need something that when they're playing like garbage. I need not silence. That's what I need. I need I need some lame-ass joke on my television from some commercial that I don't even give a shit what the product is, but it's a distraction and it, it, it gives me a, a little tiny escape. I had to find a two-minute hobby. I had to find a hobby that lasted two minutes for every one of those damn commercial breaks. And kiss my ass on that and remain calm. Everybody stay calm. Uh, Peacock will be right back. Oh, you can go to hell. Obvious, obviously, NBC and Peacock could, don't understand what Notre Dame fans go through and what we do on Saturdays. They thought this was just like a, ah, we hang out, we, we, you kind of have the game on in the background. No, I'm glued in like I'm, I'm on the field. And you gave me no opportunity to do any of the things that I normally do during a Notre Dame game, and I'm not okay with it. I'm not okay with it. That was trash. That was trash, that was trash, it was trash. You can go peacock yourselves. Okay. Woo. Had to get the, the peacock rant out because, yeah, not a fan. Not a fan at all. So. All right, and lastly, we're going to preview the Notre Dame-Purdue football game. So Notre Dame plays Purdue this Saturday on regular NBC and I can enjoy the game the way I want to enjoy it. Looking forward to that. But uh, something that <laughs> kind of made me laugh. Um, Do you guys see the spread on this game? If, if you're a better, I'm not really into the betting and gambling uh, game by game kind of thing. But I do pay attention to the spread. Um, Notre Dame's a seven-point favorite. And I bring that up because beginning of the season, like, no, I would not have guessed that we were going to be a seven-point I, it, I thought for sure minimum double digits against Purdue. I mean, I, I call them Perdon't. So uh, that's where we've fallen, guys. We're seven-point favorites against Purdue, the Purdue freaking Boilermakers. Man, I, I just uh, like little things like that just shut me down. It's like that's where we're at. That's where we're at. Forty-three and eight over the last four years. Year twelve of Brian Kelly, and we're seven-point favorites against a not good Purdue team. I. I mean, they do some things well. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that they don't. But the fact of the matter is, they beat UConn. <whistles> Yay. They beat, UConn got shut out again. In fact, let me look it up real quick. I got it right here. UConn has uh, been shut out by Fresno State and Purdue. And in the middle of all that, lost by 10 to Holy Cross. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't, like, it just registered. I knew they got shut up by Fresno, and I knew they got shut up by Purdue. And in the middle, for good measure, they lost to Holy Cross. Wow. Yeah. UConn, 
Not so much. All right. Uh, that's the UConn minute right there. Stick to basketball. Um, now, so Purdue does some things nice. Uh, Jack Plummer, no relation to Jake. Um, he's, he looks good through two games. Um, he does. I mean, he's uh, 45 of 61 for 558 yards and six touchdowns. I mean, if you divide that in two, he's throwing for uh, three touchdowns a game and well over 200 yards a game. Um, and quite honestly, it would have been more if it wasn't for the Purdue game. So their first game was against Oregon State, uh, and they, they won that one. But uh, the guy we need to look out for is David Bell, their, their receiver. And we really need to look out for him because they're a passing team, but more so now that they're starting running back, uh, broke his leg and he's out. Uh, Horvath, he's not playing. So we got to look out for the receivers. we got David Bell, and uh, the other one is uh, Durham. And I, I, I hope you guys watch Notre Dame football the way I do uh, because you'll understand what I'm trying to say. I don't have super specific examples, but Notre, uh, Notre Dame-Purdue games, for whatever reason, it feels like Purdue receivers have the game of their life against us. It started way back, I don't even know what year, I, I probably should have looked it up prior to, uh, I, it was early 2000s, but I remember Taylor Stubblefield, he had a 97-yard touchdown catch against us, but he had a huge game in general. Then uh, it was uh, Dorian Bryant, uh, had a huge game against us. I think two games, back-to-back seasons. It's like, for whatever reason, these Purdue Boilermaker receivers just have these big games against us. And that concerns me. I mean, it happened already in the past, and now we're about to go in with a clearly beatable Notre Dame defense. That concerns me. So, I swear to God, if we start rolling out five DBs that can't play the damn position, I'm going to lose my shit. Because that's... We keep giving up big plays. And I feel like our strength can be the way to prevent that. Our strength is our four down linemen. Our strength is them getting pressure on the quarterback. If you get pressure on the quarterback, he's going to make quicker decisions. They don't have time to run down the field and be wide the fuck open. And beat our shitty ass secondary. So I don't want to hear David Bell's name called a million times. I'm not interested in that. I don't want to hear Durham a bunch of times. Not interested. I've seen it. But you know, it is at home. Purdue is not that good. But they are good enough. They are in the Big Ten. It is a it's a power five team. It I think they're better than Florida State. And certainly better than Toledo, in my honest opinion. I just think they're they're more put together. They got a good coach. It, it's sad that I'm sitting here like anything can happen, but fact is anything can happen. We're not in a place right now where we're just gonna walk out there and got this. It, we're not at that place, unfortunately. So, I'll be tuning in on Saturday, and you know, I'll be ready to go. And the other thing, uh, not really going back to Peacock, but just NBC in general, Drew Brees did a great job, uh, guys. 
I know he's a Purdue guy, and I'm anxious to see how he calls <laughs> the game, but I do get the sense that he's an objective, level-headed color guy, you know. Uh, but Tariko's always great. Tariko always brings it, man. I love listening to Tariko. I wish he could call every game I watch. He's just enjoyable. And then Breeze was good, man. I liked him. I liked uh, his uh, his analysis of certain things and, you know, uh, I think he's going to be fun to listen to this season and hopefully future seasons. Uh, I want to get, you know, for a while we had, it was Tom Hammond and Pat Hayden for forever. And they were all right. I mean, Hammond was good. Hayden was, you, you could hear it. He was a, he's a USC guy and he had his little thoughts and opinions. But uh, Mayock was really good, even though he's a BC guy, but he was really good. I feel like Breeze is going to be one of those guys. He's going to be good. Regardless of where he went to school, I think he's going to be fun to listen to. and um, It would be nice to beat the crap out of Purdue in his, uh, not his first game as a Notre Dame color man, but it is his first nationally televised game as a Notre Dame color man. Because the Peacock nonsense was only available to the people who paid to watch it. And maybe that was a blessing because not enough people got to witness that disaster that was the Toledo game. But uh, we got to come out and beat Purdue, guys. We have to. And we have to look good doing it because that's the only way I or any of you listening will have any confidence going into the Wisconsin-Cincinnati-USC-North Carolina-Virginia Tech stretch. Uh, like they, those games happen in a row like that. There's a bye week in between uh, Cincinnati and USC, but the fact is we play all those six games in a row. In, or five games, excuse me. Uh, six, five games, six weeks, but we, we got to look good. And if that means Buckner plays a lot because he's doing things and he can mask the deficiencies that we have on the offensive line and so be it again play to win the game whatever wins do it I don't I'm not trying to fill boxes and and check off certain things that we've accomplished just whatever works do it and win the football game and please do it convincingly please do it convincingly that's all I'm asking. So, if you stuck around this long for the uh, hour, I really didn't think I would go this long. Uh, I, I mean, it was pretty obvious what our issues were against Toledo. But if you hung in there, thank you so much. Please, you know, like, share, uh, subscribe so you get the notifications for the Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing Pod. You can find me on Twitter at Five Foot Nothing Pod. You can find me by email if you want to. Just shoot me an email. Uh, sometimes it's easier for some people. Five foot nothing pod at gmail.com. But uh, also, friend of the show who I mentioned a million times, Marty and my buddy Beef, they've got their show, Sluggo Podcast. But Marty also runs seldomusedreserve.com. There's a lot of college sports over there, there's a lot of content. Head over there. Uh, you'll find my podcast and some other stuff. And. I do want to, if you stuck around this long, please remember this. 
Thursday, I will be on the Chopping Beef Show. This is, it's college football. I'm going to get shit. I already know it. I'm going to get ragged on for my Notre Dame love and who I am and what I do. And I'm okay with that. It's a fun show. It's just dudes sitting around shooting the shit about college sports and whatever comes up. It's fun. Please go check it out. Chop and Beef. You can find it anywhere, just like you can find my podcast. You search Chop and Beef, and you'll find it, just like you can search Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing. But thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed my rants. Fuck Peacock. We got to get better on defense. There's no other way to go. And Tyler Buckner needs more opportunities. Because why? Because we got to play to win the game. Until next week, five for nothing, hundred nothing, out.